Rodananians. If you're 35, 40 years or older, I think you romanticize about cars. If you're 50 or 60, my God, that was your childhood. Those The Car Doctor. Depending upon what version of Toyota Camry this is, what flavor of emission controls, it's going to have a catalytic converter built into it, possibly, and you're going to have to replace that pipe with the cat. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, welcome. Ronnie and the car doctor. 855-560-9900 is the phone number. Got a bit of bad news for you today, folks. I've been recalled. Well, actually, not me. The 2008 Chevy pickup, the plow truck. Got a notice today in the mail. Dear Ronanian. This notice is sent to you in accordance. You know, it's kind of like reading your draft letter. Greetings from the president. This notice is sent to you in accordance with the National Traffic and Motor Vehicle Safety Act. General Motors decided that a defect which relates to motor vehicle safety exists in all 2007-2008 Chevrolet Silverado pickup trucks. And when you read through the fine print, some inflators for the airbag system may experience an alteration over time. What's an alteration over time? I thought an alteration over time was when you brought an interior decorator in and they changed the colors in the room when you weren't looking. So an alteration over time in an auto repair situation means that the part went bad, in case you didn't know how to read through the English, if you can call this English. And they go on to point out this condition could create excessive internal pressure when the airbag is deployed, which could result in the body of the inflator rupturing upon deployment. In the event of an inflator rupture, metal fragments could pass through the airbag cushion material, which may result in injury or death. Oops. I think this is um, part of the big airbag recall that's going on. And it's really interesting when you sit down and you read this because all you can do is read a recall notice and think, lawyer, 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 parts to repair your vehicle, here's why. Parts to repair your vehicle are not currently available. So somebody explained this to me because I get it. I you know, I understand what they're saying, and I know why the frame of the airbag is going to go bad It's because the, the inflator is so harsh. Look at the litigious society we're worried about. We're telling people there's something wrong with their vehicles and there's nothing they can do about it, and they might have to park it over on the side of the road or just keep driving it anyway and worry about if that thing with the blast of a shotgun force is going to go off in their face and cause death or serious injury. Doesn't make any sense to me. But in any event, I just wanted to let you know, if I'm not here next week, it's because I've been recalled, and um, but I will be here next week, trust me. And um, I will be, uh, can you imagine me walking into the dealer? Hey, I got a recall letter, and I can't wait to see what kind of upsells they try to sell me. By the way, your truck needs this, 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 and this. Yeah, want to bet? Um, so that'll be an interesting conversation. My engineer, Tom Ray, is looking at me. He he knows this story all too well when he goes into the, his dealership for his recalls, and they try selling him everything under the sun. And um, so I've been recalled. I just wanted you guys to know that. Quick piece of email as uh, we get this hour started, and I thought this was and this is sort of a lesson in how not to write an email. And this comes to us from Lionel. Ron, I've got a three-year-long problem. 2000 Chevy Silverado 1500, 4.3 liter standard. Nobody can figure it out. Spent $1,500. No help. It hesitates and surges when trying to maintain a constant speed on level ground. Step on it. It's got power. Let it off. No jerking around and so on. He describes his problem. Four different mechanics. 
You ready for the next line? Four different mechanics, all throwing parts at it. None have fixed it. Also change the fuel pump, air filter, distributor, cap, plugs, wires, rotor, injector, spider, fuel regulator, throttle position, sensor, fuel filter, mass airflow sensor, O2 sensors, ABS control, ABS controller, and front wheel speed sensors. Did you get the line about throwing parts at it? Whatever happened to diagnosing something? You know, we all want instantaneous results, and I get it. And especially for those of you in New York, you're going to get it now at $15 an hour, but that's a whole other story. You get fast food. But in terms of auto repair... Auto repair was never intended to be fast. It's just meant to be accurate. And in order for it to be accurate, you've got to diagnose it. You've got to start to break it down and take that component apart. Look, what I do isn't rocket science in that sense of the word. I'm no genius. I just take something apart either in my head or mechanically on the bench, and I sit down and I figure out how it works if I've never seen it, understand it, and then put it back together and repair it. But to throw parts at something to try and fix it, this gentleman, Lionel, he's had this problem for three years. He spent $1,500, he says in here. So yeah, $1,500 with no help and no change. And here's the kicker. If he hasn't used a good quality part, because we all know we're in a parts race to the bottom when it comes to auto repair. Everybody's out there trying to use the next cheapest thing to drive the next guy down to lower his price. In that we're just going to create another problem. So I can't sit here and even begin to comment if any of the fuel filter, air filter, distributor, cap, plugs, rotors, wires, if any of that has created an issue. Look, there's nothing in this email that doesn't tell me this probably couldn't be diagnosed to within 80 percentile with an hour, an hour and a half's worth of honest, honest intent. The one thing that does scare me here, Lionel, in case you're listening, you, you make mention that it has a P0208 code. I don't know that a 208 code. I think you're trying to tell me it's got a P0208. 308 code, which is a misfire on cylinder eight. However, going back to the beginning part of the email, you're telling me this is a 4.3 liter, which is a six cylinder engine. So if you've got a P0308 on a six cylinder engine, you've got a bigger problem than you think. Um, Lionel, if you're out there, send me another email and clean up some of this and uh, give us a call. I'd love to talk to you about this. I think I can fix this car or at least get you going in the right direction. And I bet I can do it within three minutes. Let's get over to the phones. Let's go talk to Daryl across Wisconsin and see what's going on here at 2000 Town Car. Daryl, you're talking to the car doctor at 855-560-9900. How can I help, sir? Hey, um, working on my son's uh, town car. Came me down from my uh, father, so okay. he's loving his grandfather's car. Yep. taking good care of it. Yep. Um, somebody had mentioned that possibly what might be going on with the battery draining um, could potentially be the security uh, panel on the doors. Is there any truth to that? Yes, they that th you were talking about the little keypads, the the numbered pads. Yes, sir. Right, you know, you you, you punch in the code. Sure, what happens is, and you, you sometimes you can tell by looking at them, Daryl. You'll you'll see that the the rubber is actually lifted and separated, and moisture gets in there and starts to corrode the printed circuit board. So, okay. you know, they will have a minimal amp draw to the point that you won't see. You know how, like, if you push the buttons, the interior lights come on and things start to get activated as the car wakes up? You, yep. you won't necessarily see that with your eye, but if you were to measure it with an ammeter, you would actually see changes in the flow. And, okay, and how does one go about doing that, too? Well, one of, one of the things you could do if, you know, are you handy with a digital voltometer or do you want the backyard approach? 
And you can be honest. Just tell me either way. I'll give you direction. Give me the backyard approach, and I've got I've got somebody who's good with a meter. If I okay. need to. Okay. So what I would do with the guy with the meter, um, I'm either going to do an ammeter in series, disconnect the negative battery cable, put an ammeter okay. in series, and look for a draw. All right. Okay. It it has to be less than 50 milliamps. All sure. right. Now keep in mind, it could take upwards of an hour for a car of this generation to fall asleep. So okay. if it's got an 800 milliamp draw as soon as you connect the meter, I wouldn't worry about it, all right? Okay. I'd, I'd just monitor it. I'd come back and probably within 20 to 40 minutes. Now, something to be aware of, if you do this with the hood up, it may never go to sleep because the hood is alarmed and it thinks it's an anti-theft, so it's always going to keep the system searching. So what you have okay. to do is put long enough leads on the meter, disconnect the negative battery cable, be mindful, obviously, you're working around a battery, eye in, eye in hand protection, and obviously with the engine off, just so we understand each other. And uh, right. this, is a, this is a standard current draw test. And put the meter on the hood of the car, hood down, keys out of the ignition, okay. doors closed, leave the driver's window open, because if you have to reach in to do something, you don't want to open the door and start the test all over again and see how long before it gets under a 50 milliamp draw. Oh, all right? Okay. So that's step sure. one. And then once it does go below 50 milliamps, then you know that, okay, there isn't an excessive draw. If there is an excessive draw, then while you're waiting for it to go to sleep, get a wiring diagram out and find the security system or the gem module or the theft system fuse and be ready to pull it. Gotcha. Okay, and see if it is related to the door pads. Now, if, if none of this turns out that you cannot find the draw, take your DVOM, take your digital voltmeter, put it in voltage. All right. Okay. And start looking for. Let the car go to sleep. And one of the you know one of the things you can do is you let it go to sleep with the milliamp meter. You're going to know how long it takes. So if you know it takes 40 minutes to fall asleep, where everybody's happy and all the kids are in bed, then right. and probably what you need to do at this point is bypass the hood switch, so that it doesn't oh. see the hood open. Right. Open the hood. Open up the underhood fuse box. It's easier to start there, and I'm, I'm getting older and lazier. I kind of start under the hood before I go into the dash because it's harder to get to. And start doing and looking for a, a, a micro-voltage drop across the fuses. You will actually okay. see a voltage drop across fuses that are active. All right? And, sure. you know, pay, pay in mind, be it paying particular attention to security code circuits. And you could... You could Google search voltage drop across fuses, and YouTube will show you a dozen videos, and none of them are me because I haven't gotten around to doing one yet on that. But, um, you know, it's a good way to test a system without disconnecting the battery. And if you know at 40 minutes the system falls asleep and you've got the hood up and the, the security system is bypassed, the hood release switch is bypassed, then at minute 45 you can take your DVOM and start poking fuses, and you'll get to the source that much faster. Now, okay. the backyard way of doing this mm -hmm. is if you want to take the door panel off, unplug the keypad switch and see if the short and the dead battery problem goes away. But I'd rather you didn't do that because you've got access to test equipment. I'd rather see you diagnose it. And I've just been in the door panel to replace the motor for the window and the switch for the window, so right. I don't want to go in there again. <laughs> right. So, yeah, you've been, been there, done that, right? Um, but uh, see what that does for you. If you need more information, Ron at cardoctorshow.com. Shoot me an email, and uh, I will do my best to get something out to you and uh, talk to you during the week. And if you need me again, it's 855-560-9900, and that goes for everybody else out there that's got a problem. 
and the question. I'm Ron and Annie in the Car Doctor. We're back right after this. Ron Nini, the car doctor, rolling along this hour at 855-560-9900. That's the phone number. Give us a call and talk to us about your problem, and we'll help solve it for you because that's what the car doctor is here for, to uh, solve your car problem we've been doing for so many, many, many years. And uh, once again, we just want to do a quick shout-out and say hi to everybody at WRCR. We're glad to be here in New York and talking to everybody out there, and um, it's just a great time to be back in New York as well as all of our other affiliates in the Car Doctor Nation, as we like to call it. More information about this radio show, by the way, at cardoctorshow.com. Let's get over and talk to Gordon down there in Highlands County, Florida. Gordon, what's the weather like in Florida today? Uh, yeah, we're getting some rain today. We actually canceled going to the beach. So well, well, now wait a minute. Today. But that's Florida, right? I mean, if you, want to, if you want to see a change in the weather in Florida, you wait 15 minutes. Isn't that the expression? And, uh, That's what everybody says. Yeah, it'll be sunshine in 15. <laughs> so, you know, we'll have our call, and then you can yep. go to the beach. You'll be all set. So, That's right. what's going That's on right. here? How can I help you? All right, I got a 2006 Cobalt. I run it back and forth from the coast on the weekends. Right. And so, what happens is when I run long distance, it goes out on reduced engine power. It reads, it says that I've got excessive RPMs, and we've replaced the throttle body, which was supposed to be the answer. But it still doesn't. It still doesn't do anything. It's still cutting out on reduced engine power when I get to about an hour into a trip. Do you know what fault code it is, Gordon? The actual number? I I could not tell you what that is. I, I I'm not real familiar with that. Okay. Um, the, but that they say it reads high RPM and that they should replace the throttle body. Well, I don't know anything that just tells you automatically what to do. The numbered code is what I'm chasing. I'm thinking you're going to tell okay. me. I'm thinking you're going to tell me it's a P as in Peter twenty one thirty five. Does that sound familiar by chance? Did anybody mention it? Any? Does sound like something they might have told me? Yes. Okay. What this car has is drive by wire. All right. Are you familiar with this? No, sir. All right. So, what year did you graduate high school, Gordon? Nineteen seventy eight. Okay. So we're the same generation. I graduated seventy four. So you and I know cars from the days of mechanical linkage, right? This connects to this, this connects to that, and there's a mechanical linkage connection. Well, somewhere about, oh, geez, starting back as 2000 and maybe even a little before that, they decided to take technology from the airline industry and incorporate it into automobiles, which I don't know what I'm more afraid of, the fact that I've got drive-by-wire in a car or a plane. I can't decide which one is worse. Um, mm-hmm. it's kind of, you know, at least the car, you know, when it stops, you'll be on the ground, but neither here nor there. So, and hopefully nobody's listening to the show in the air. So in this case, what they do to make sure that everything is safe, when you press on the gas pedal, you're actually stepping on an accelerator pedal sensor, an APP, accelerator pedal position sensor. All right. There are two switches on that sensor. When Okay. If, when when you're not touching the pedal, one of those sensors reads zero volts. The other one reads five volts. As you step on the pedal, there is a reverse correlation. One starts to go down. One starts to go up. The computer sees that. The computer says, 
hey, Gordon, I like him. Gordon's trying to tell me step. he's stepping on the gas pedal. He wants me to open the throttle plate. On the throttle plate, there's another two switches or sensors. Exact same thing. One's high, one's low. It's it's looking at that correlation as they change. Okay? Mm-hmm. In this case, if this is a 2135, the computer said, wait a minute, the APP sensor lied to me. It it One of the sensors is glitching, and that's the beauty of it. Okay. That's why it's there. There's re- I believe that. There's redundancy mm-hmm. in the system. Something is overheating. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, you know, as a matter of fact, a lot of the General Motors products from this vintage, and I don't remember Cobalt off the top of my head, were recalled and extended warrantied, and, you know, they just kept bringing them back and replacing them. And I'm not saying the throttle body is wrong. There's there's three main components in this system. There's an APP, there's a TBS, a throttle body, and there's a PCM, which is the interpreter. Um, PCMs rarely go bad. APPs are as common as rain in Florida. And throttle bodies are the second most common fault. They can be tested using a digital voltmeter. There are ways to look at it, a voltmeter, a scope, things like that, and, you know, approach it in that sense. I'd be willing to bet that if you pulled the code, you'd find a 2135. Somebody could then either sweep test the sensor or replace it because it's probably under 100 bucks. If it's not the sensor, and every once in a while I run into this, where the pin connectors actually get spread inside the wiring harness, then then we're okay. into, then we're into a slightly horse of another color, and that's very tedious and time consuming. You'd have to have a wiring harness repair made. They're out there. You can get the connectors at your local GM store, but um, I think what you're chasing is a twenty one thirty five because of the reduced engine power, and that's how I would approach that. I would t- start taking a hard look at the APP sensor. Good luck to you, Gordon, and I uh, hope you get back to the beach. I cut up about seven minutes of your time. You've got another eight minutes to go, and it's going to stop raining. Hey, you know, we're always talking about the parts race to the bottom and some of the problems that we're having in in terms of auto repair. Well, the restorers, you guys out there that are restoring and trying to restore, the folks out there that are doing it professionally, you're having problems too. And I like to talk to the different manufacturers and suppliers for parts across this country of ours, one of those being LMC Truck, lmctruck.com. Yes, they're one of our sponsors, and they're one of our sponsors because we believe in their product. And it was a two-way conversation that created this relationship. And because of that relationship, I think it's important that we want to sit back and get ready for the next segment of The Car Doctor because we're going to have Chris Tracy on. He's a social media manager for LMC Truck, and we're going to talk to him about the parts race to the bottom and what they go through to help ensure the quality of the components that they're putting out to market. I'm Ron Anini in The Car Doctor. Sit tight. We're back right after this. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor, we're rolling along this hour, and we're rolling along on wheels and tires and bearings and things that help keep the vehicle going, and we're always talking about parts of late, and we're on this rampage for quality parts, because that's what it's all about. You can't fix something, no matter how talented or smart or how good you are at turning the wrench, without making sure that the part you're putting on is of quality. And we wanted to turn to one of the best in the industry, the guys that are out there helping everybody with parts particularly in the area of trucks and SUV, and that would be the folks from LMC Truck. And we're going to bring on Chris Tracy. Chris is actually the social media manager, but my spies tell me Chris is a car truck guy. 
now. He's um, he's made the transformation. He's swallowed the Kool-Aid, so to speak. Chris, welcome to the car, Doctor, sir. Thank you for having me. Uh, what kind of car did you drive in high school, Chris? Uh, I drove a very economical, economical 88 Accord. And what do you drive now? Uh, now it's a 2003 GMC Yukon XL because I've got kids. So, but, you know, you're, now you're a truck guy. You know, you were telling me before when we were talking before the, the, the break that um, you were doing the water pump this past weekend and you work on your own vehicle. And, I mean, you went from a high school kid in a Honda Accord, which, you know, just got you back and forth to something that's kind of cool and with style and it's a truck. And you're into cars now. What What made the transformation? How did it get into your veins? Uh, well, I'm, it, it was just, I've always had an engineering background. My, my parents are engineers and nurses. And so this was something that I could look at. And especially with the advent of the internet now, I can, I can educate myself to then be able to do a lot of the work. And so it was kind of a financial thing that drove me to it was not being able to afford repairs. I started doing them myself. Right. And it, it just sort of made a car guy out of you or a truck guy out yeah. of you in this case. Uh, so then here you are at LMC truck. Now, you know, tell us a little bit about them. Where did LS, LMC Truck come from? Well, the our initial company is actually Victoria British Limited uh, for MGs, Triumphs, Austin Healy's, and Sunbeams. Um, and there's only so many of those that are going to be on the road. They quit making the last MGs in like 81. And so as a company, we saw, well, that's going to be a diminishing market. Where else could we go that could be a market that would also allow for growth and and they're still making trucks. They're all over the place, but we can go all the way back to the late 40s for Chevy, GMC, and Ford, and back to like 1972 for Dodge trucks. And it's this, this giant market that, that exists not only here in the U.S., but in other countries around the world as, as well. So beyond, I mean, do you still do the MGs and the Triumphs and, and, and the British cars like that, or is that company kind of going away and now it's more truck and SUV stuff? I would say our main focus is definitely LMC truck, but we, we do work for Victoria British as well. We, right. we have, um, I know my background here is all of the social media, and so uh, all of the social channels that we have for LMC truck, we also have for Victoria British. And, and there's also another component of Black Dragon Automotive, which is uh, old Datsun Z cars and, and first-generation Mazda RX-7s. So you guys are car people, without a doubt. Um, what kind of truck parts do you carry? I mean, if somebody's out there looking for a water pump or a gas tank or, you know, a directional switch, what exactly, you know, can they expect to find if they were to go out to lmctruck.com and start looking? Well, the nice thing about our, our, our company is we're broken down by catalog. So your, your year-making model is very important to us. So if you're driving a, a, a 67 Chevy, we're only going to send you a catalog that has 67 Chevy parts in it. We don't we don't throw in all of the other realm of things. So, oh, I like um, that. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, and it's a free catalog. You just have to go online and you can put in your information, and we and we mail you one. We don't we don't make you put anything up front, and so they say. But in the catalog itself, then then all of those things that we can find that we think are valuable parts that are going to be a good fit for your truck are going to be in that catalog, and they're even broken down specifically. So there there might only be parts that fit a sixty seven sixty eight. And then the 69 to a 72, and in the catalog themselves, they're broken down even more. Is, you know, my first exposure to LMC truck was probably, I'm going to say 15 years ago, we had a customer at the shop with a 92 S10 Blazer, and we needed a directional switch that General Motors never made or didn't make anymore. I'm sorry, a wiper switch. They didn't make it anymore. We ordered it from you guys, 
and lo and behold, it comes in a GM box. So I'm thinking you're obtaining some of new old stock, and you're able to put that together too. Is that a fair statement? Yes, some yeah. of it. Some of it happens. We also we have parts manufactured ourselves. We we test it. We prototype ourselves. We have our own research and development uh, crew in house. We have a, a warehouse full. It's my favorite place here at the company because it's just full of old trucks. Right. Um, and and you can you can. You, if you go in there, you can really see that there's Fords, there's Chevys, there's Dodges all over the place. A lot of them are broken down and, and – well, not broken down, but they're they're torn apart. Right, really. they're taken apart. And how does this work and how does this fit and how does this go because together? They're getting in, and, and once we get prototypes back, we, we then test fit again to make sure that, that on from what we're manufacturing to what we're going to sell – we want something that is going to work and function for you exactly the same as OE or better if we can do it. So fair statement, LMC really is, it's, it's, it's their reputation. You guys are known for having hard-to-find truck parts. That, that's kind of what we live for. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, whether, you, whether they really are hard-to-find or whether you make them and they're not hard-to-find anymore. Um, Correct. Either, either way, you guys have got it. So how many parts are on hand and ready for shipment? I mean, if I were restoring a 92 S10 Blazer right now and I wanted to get into suspension and steering and, you know, and, and a little electrical and uh, brakes and, I mean, stop when you don't have it, Chris, you know, engine <laughs> well, parts. We, uh, we have 30,000 individual part numbers uh, that we house in over six football fields of warehouse space. So there's, there are quite a few parts on hand. Um, and I would say our, our order fill rate is about 98%. So just about every order that comes in, we, we have it in stock. Wow. Um, we we want to get it out to you as soon as we can kind of thing. So it's we want to be the one place you can go for, for – and you were right, bumpers, grills, weather stripping, glass, suspension components, door handles, tailgates, body steel, temperature control units, all of the fun stuff. Right, right. Hey, Chris, listen, the clock's going to grab me. Can you stick around an extra segment? There's a lot more I want to cover, and I don't want to rush through this. It's too good. You can you can hang around for an extra segment, right? Absolutely. Perfect. I'm Ron Annie in the Car Doctor. I'm here with Chris Tracy of LMC Truck, lmctruck.com. We'll both be back right after this. Welcome back. Ron and Andy in the Car Doctor. We're here this hour with Chris Tracy. Chris is the social media manager for LMC Truck, lmctruck.com. We're talking about parts, trucks, SUVs, putting together, whether it's that old 48 Chevy out in the garage you're restoring or that 03 Yukon maybe you had to put a water pump on this past weekend. These are the guys to go to. Uh, Chris, when we pulled over and took the pause, it was a conversation about on-hand parts. I, I want to talk about one of my favorite areas that I know you guys are experts at, quality of parts. Uh, you know, how do you decide what's good, what you want to sell? How do you avoid the rut that so many other parts manufacturers and distributors are falling into of, you know, just just for no other way to say it, putting junk in the marketplace? Right. Well, a, a lot of it goes back to our research department. Uh, those guys work constantly uh, five days a week trying to trying to find more parts. And, and then as, as stuff comes in that we have manufactured, again, they're test fitting. They want to make sure that what we're putting out there is the best possible product that we can find. Right. Do you, would you say, you know, car companies don't make cars. They, they, they buy the parts and assemble them. 
And fair statement that what you guys do is something that the car companies are doing. You're finding vendors or you're making the part yourself and you're assembling it and you're testing it and you're researching it and, you know, you're improving on it and then putting it out to the public. That, that's exactly what we do. Uh, a major example that we have is um, our Dodge dash pads for, for kind of late model Dodge trucks. The, the OE quality product actually cracks and shrinks when it's, and when it's exposed to heat and things like that. So right. we actually formulated um, our own solution um, and, and manufacture something that's more heat resistant so they don't shrink or fade uh, like the OE ones do. Do you think, you know, let's say somebody out there is restoring something and you get enough requests, maybe it's a it's a widget on a 48 Chevy, and there's enough guys restoring it, and that part doesn't exist anymore. If you get enough requests, do you consider manufacturing it? Absolutely. We're, we are always um, trying to add new parts to the lineup. Um, we're, we're, we're getting ready to, to bring some, some new products to, to early Fords with, with hood hinges and, and other hood components uh, for the engine bay there. Um, that are that's something we're adding soon. Um, we're also possibly adding all steel body panels uh, for early Ford. Before in the markets, you could only really find fiberglass, and so we're we're trying to bring the steel back in that market. So we know how hard you guys work at it. We know how good LMC Truck is. But your vendors, if you've got a vendor that you're using, is, is there an approval process they've got to go through before they're LMC Truck certified? Yeah, absolutely. If if it's something that we're having trouble with a vendor, and we're, we the only stuff we want to use from a vendor is something we think is going to fit as well, and it it goes through the same process of of going through test fitting to to then make sure it's going to work. <laughs> and 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 yeah, and then I guess in the long run, if you make it work and you make the improvement or you make the part available, that's building brand and customer loyalty, and that's why you guys have been around so long doing so well. Correct. What you're doing, yeah, it it really kind of makes sense. Um, one last thing before we start to wind up in our last minute or two, LMC Truck Life. I've been I've been watching it and reading it, and uh, you know you're the first company I've seen in a long, long time that you know tell us about your truck, tell us about your SUV. You want to know the backstory. You want to know how it came to be, and I, I, I'm fascinated with that because it means you guys care. Uh, whose idea was that? Where did that come from? Well, it was kind of a it, it was kind of a team effort. We Anybody who's restored a car or a truck, when you get done, you want to tell somebody about it. it it's a major accomplishment to kind of finish uh, a restoration, even though we all know they're never really finished. Right. But, but to get it done, we, we were getting letters and we were getting photos, and we had file cabinets full of them. And it, it kind of got tossed around of, what do we do with all of this stuff? Yeah. And, and so lmctrucklife.com came to be as a place for – Maybe not the physical letters and, and pictures anymore, but, but customers could send them there. And so that way, not only could we get to see them, but then we also get to share them with everyone else. And, and you probably learn as much from those customer stories as you do from the technical requests and the technical hotline stuff and things like that, right? Right, absolutely. You can, you can see where there are gaps in the market kind of thing for product and things like that from right. their stories. But at the same time, we also just get to see what, what people can turn out, what people can do, which is really awesome. Yeah, you know, one of the things I've learned doing this radio show for the past 25 years is you learn about people. You learn an awful lot about what's going on. Hey, Chris, the clock's going to grab us real quick. Where's the website? Where can they go get more information? Uh, to parts and accessories, lmctruck.com. If you want to see customer stories and, and other awesome trucks, lmctrucklife.com. Cool beans. 
Chris Tracy, social media manager, LMC Truck. We enjoyed talking with you, and uh, we're going to look forward to talking to you again. We'll get together maybe in the fall and uh, talk a little bit more about trucks and parts and things like that. Is that a deal? Sounds good, man. Hopefully I'll have new parts to talk about. Yeah, we can talk about new parts. Perfect. Chris, you're my guy. I'm Ron Anany in the Car Doctor. We are back right after this. Don't go away. Again, I want to thank Chris Tracy and all the nice folks at LMC Truck, lmctruck.com, for their efforts. And um, if you've ever tried to restore or repair anything, automobile, well, anything, really, for that matter, um, you, you know what it is to feel the frustration of having a part that doesn't exactly fit or work like it's supposed to. And you go, gee whiz, for a few pennies more, I'd take something better and make my life easier. Well, that's what LMC Truck is really all about. In a previous hour, real quick, I want to wrap a couple of loose ends up this hour as we close out. In a previous hour, I had a conversation with you about changing a spare tire and how many of you can. And, um, you know, can young people change a spare tire? Can the new drivers change a spare tire? And I think this is really important. I just wanted to touch on it again. You know, the problem with automobiles are, or one of the problems with automobiles are, they they give you a sense of empowerment. You're in this big four-wheeled machine cruising along the road at 60 miles an hour. And when it gets something as simple as a flat, uh, a nail in the tire, a screw, whatever, and you're stuck on the side of the road at the mercy of the road, um, being at the mercy of the road is never a good thing. And, and for the lack of a little bit of preparation and, you know, how things work, we had a – and it's not necessarily young people either – we had a 62-year-old customer this week. He drives a Gary drives a 2006 F-150 Ford pick-em-up truck. He's a carpenter by trade, and he got a flat. He drove over a spike in the road that was sticking out of a corner embutment, and it tore the side of the tire off, and he went to change the flat. He's never done it before. And the Ford pickup trucks, like a lot of vehicles today, they have that Navy lanyard method of spare tire, spare tire installation and storage where they, you know, you and the tool goes through the bumper and you like they pull the pilot out of the ocean. I'm not sure who designed this, but um, it, it definitely does not make for an easy thing. And he said, there I am 10 o'clock at night on the side of the road. I'm trying to figure out how to lower the tire. And, you know, thank God I had a flashlight. And I said, yeah. And he goes, but I didn't know where anything was. I didn't have the procedure and I didn't know how it worked. And my comment was, you know, Gary, we always panic at the time when we hit the iceberg. And that's not the moment the the, the time to start, cursing the, uh, the the tire installer is when we purchase the truck and then ourselves because we haven't prepared for it. So uh, when you hit the iceberg, you got to start building lifeboats. And I said to him, as I say to you, learn how to do it now. Learn how to do it today. Learn how to do it when it's not raining out, when you're not buried in the mud, when you're not in a three-piece suit, and um, at least know what your options are. And, yeah, I know most of you have AAA and roadside, and but you know what? Somewhere, somehow, some way, the, road's is, the road is going to rise up to meet you. And um, you're not going to be prepared. So if you're a parent and you're sending your young driver out on the road, let's uh, let's teach him how to change a flat. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you what we'll do. I think we should start a a spare tire challenge video contest. I'm going to have to talk to uh, Tom Ray about this. We'll kick this around. And, um, you know, being as we're in New York and we'll talk to our local affiliate in New York, we'll talk to the good folks at WRCR. Maybe we can put something together, a uh, spare tire changing 
contest and uh, maybe some sort of instructional video because I really think this is important that if someone's down and out on the side of the road, they're not going to be down and out very long. And um, we can uh, empower the young people to take things into their own hands and get back to safety and get back to where they have to be. So just just my thoughts on that real quick and um, just kind of important. I wanted to touch on that. I also want to touch on the fact that this radio show is back live in New York, in the New York market. And um, I want to take a real quick minute and um, thank the obvious and the not-so-obvious folks for keeping it alive and on the air these past three years, that being Tom Ray, Big Tony Atwood, um, Little Jimmy's in there somewhere from a long time ago, and uh, Fast Harry, and, of course, Mom. Without Mom, where would we be? And uh, the guy I look to for wisdom at the end of the week, Carpenter Bob, um, he's also the Tommy Chong impersonator. If you've ever seen uh, Cheech and Chong, you'd know who it is and you know who I'm talking about. So, But uh, thanks to all you guys for getting me here. I plan on sticking around a while yet. Till the next time, I'm Ron Anani and the Car Doctor reminding you, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.